0: We receive the impact from the natural. If we focus on the spiritual, we receive the impact from the spiritual. That's right. yep. Now we can't be so spiritually focused that we forget to eat. Well, that probably would hurt some of us a little bit for a little while. But we can't be so naturally focused that we forget the spirit. That's actually what Galatians 5 is about. It's recognizing that these two are in opposition. The natural world, the flesh, and the spirit realm are in opposition. And so we, within our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions, set the focus of where we connect. I started off with talking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, It starts with love. And while I said that, I want to come back to that. Everything of God starts with his love toward us. Everything starts with coming into that relationship where we receive his love. It doesn't start with us trying to change our life, trying to be better, trying to uh, change how we think. It starts with coming into that place of relationship that he's made for us. If we turn over in Galatians 5, verse 22, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I wanna deal with faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control today first one of those is faithfulness. I was shocked when I was preparing this that that word actually is faith. The Greek word is pistis, which means faith. It actually means persuasion, conviction, belief. One of the fruits of being in relationship with God and creating this environment for the Spirit, the things of the Spirit to grow, is faith. Why is it translated faithfulness? Because the concept in the Greek is that we act according to our beliefs and convictions. There is this, there's no no concept of I can believe something and not do it. We kind of have this idea of, I can have an academic belief, but it doesn't actually impact my life the biblical concept is if it doesn't impact your life you don't believe it you're actually lying to yourself uh oh Matthew twelve thirty four says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what that actually means is that what we believe comes out what's in our heart comes out. If I'm being critical towards someone, it tells me not about them, it tells me what's in my heart. If I'm being, if everything that I say is negative about my situation, it tells me what's in my heart. We're also going to get more on this. In a couple weeks. Bottom line is that this faith is tied into doing something. Let me say it this way if you believe something, you'll do it. If you believe in serving, you'll serve. If you say you believe in serving but you don't serve, you're just lying. Ooh. I have a, a friend years ago. He was from Texas, and when he preached, he said, there's a line when you go from preaching to meddling. Mary says that you start stepping on toes. I'm not trying to step on toes this morning, but I just want to be real. I think God, there's something in God's heart that is tired of this dichotomy of Christians saying they believe something, but they don't do it. I think there's something in God's heart that says either be hot or cold, but there's no kind of in the middle somewhere. Either admit that you you don't believe something, or if you do, then do it. You guys uh, fought through opposition to be here this morning. I'd have to say, because you believe in something of the body gathering together. I had to commend uh, Christy for making it through some opposition this morning. Many of you, I expect, had to fight through some opposition. I bet when you woke up and it was raining, a whole lot of your flesh said, just stay in bed today. (laughs) This is my wife saying, yes, that was it. Enough of that. Let me get back to faithfulness or faith. There's something about having experienced God's love and his presence that causes faith to grow. Bible talks a lot about faith. We're going to get into this more next week, a whole lot more than than I've uh, understood in the past. But there's something about his presence when we experience his love that we just have a conviction, a confidence in him. Not in us, but in him. And faith grows. Second one of these is gentleness. The word is, the same word for meekness. Now we have this wrong concept of meekness. We think it's Casper Maltos type someone who never says anything. But that's not what meekness is. It's actually another word for humility. It's actually not being arrogant. Not self-aggrandizement. Is that a word? Oh, I want to impress you with my vocabulary. Not focusing on ourselves. Not saying, okay, look at me. It's actually something of strength that's under control. Now someone said this week, Mary and I were at a, uh, a conference I was speaking at, I got more out of it than I, than I gave, by far. And God challenged me and enlarged me, but someone had was speaking, uh, one of the other gift ministries was speaking, and uh, basically they said, uh, some people have a need to be heard and seen. Give me a platform. I've got a gift. (laughs) Fiona Demare is definitely not one of those. (laughs) But see, that's the opposite of meekness. Meekness is I want Jesus to be exalted and I'll do whatever he says. If he gives me a word, I'll share it. But it's not so that I'm seen. Mm -hmm. It's so that his love is expressed. If God compels me to share my testimony, I will because it brings life to someone else. Not because I can say, hey, look at me. Richard is an incredibly meek person, not weak in any sense but it really is strength under control, which leads us to the next gift, which is self-control, self-restraint. As I began this weeks and weeks ago, I was shocked, I struggled with this one, because how can self-control be a fruit of the Spirit? Isn't it self-control? Not spirit control, which is important that we understand. It's actually a supernatural empowering that allows us to control our thoughts, our tongue, and our actions. We can choose where we focus. Our soul can choose where we focus. Am I going to focus on the spirit or am I going to focus on the natural? problem is we live in a world that's so natural that we need some supernatural help to focus in the right place but it's important that we understand this the fruit of the spirit is that I can control my thoughts one of the early church fathers Iranius, said in regard to this, he used an illustration, he said, I can't stop the birds from flying around my head, but I can sure stop them from building a nest in my hair. Occasionally thoughts come flying by, but I can choose not to allow them to build a nest in my mind. I can choose to control my tongue. Some of us need to realize this. I don't have to blurt out every thought that comes through my mind. It's important that we understand this if we're gonna partner with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't take us over and make us do things. We partner with the Holy Spirit. We have control. 1 Corinthians 14.32 says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means when we're having a word from God, we don't have to be weird. Early on in the charismatic movement, people had certain ways to indicate that what they were saying was the spirit. And God says, I don't know why they always inhaled at the end. But there was some weird, I mean, some of us went, that's just weird. Sometimes, God will give you a picture on something, and sometimes he wants you to share the picture, but most of the time, he just wants you to share the revelation. Sometimes we get so into the pictures, and I just find it weird. I was running through a field and there was flowers here and the sun was shining and there was, and they go on for five minutes and I'm going, and what's the point? Just give me the point. There are times when the picture is important. There are times when the picture is the point, not the interpretation, but the picture. It speaks to somebody because it's a, word of knowledge that they would not you could not know only god knows and it and it, it hits someone and it's so we just need to learn how to flow with the spirit without being weird why am i saying that because i expect we're in for a increase manifestations of the spirit of god the supernatural manifestations we're coming into that that's Part of the next uh, season for us as a church. You know that there are, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the what we often call gifts. The word gifts isn't actually there in the uh, Greek. It's actual manifestations. And the Holy Spirit can manifest all of them through every believer who submitted to him. But we sometimes restrict them to prophecy. What about healings? What about faith? What about words of knowledge and words of wisdom? Words of knowledge are are scary things. Prophecy has kind of a, a future sense to it. Words of knowledge are now. So God gives you a word of knowledge for someone, it's facts today that you did not know except the Holy Spirit. You share it and it's very, you either got it right or you got it wrong. You can't kind of spiritualize it for the future. Yet yeah, that's a demonstration of the supernatural of the Holy Spirit. God wants to, to do more of that. And so self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. A while back, we were having a prayer time, and after the prayer time, a lady in the group came and just literally threw herself on Mary threw herself on her. And uh, she felt like she had had to pray for her. And uh, after she did, Mary's very gracious, so she didn't smack her. Uh, She listened, and then after we said, hey, look, before you act that way, you need to ask someone's permission. It wasn't laying hands on her, she was literally draped over her. And uh, you need to ask permission, and she said, no, no, when the Spirit comes up, upon me, I can't control myself. We said, that's not the Spirit of God. Because you can control yourself. See, it was just a teaching moment. We don't have to be weird. Can you imagine what that would, that kind of manifestation would look like out in the marketplace? I can't control myself, so I'm gonna throw myself on someone. They'd probably just knock you <laughs> out. Mary was, was much more gracious. Galatians, chapter 6. Moving on. Faithfulness, or faith, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. Basically, it's saying, guys this is actually true don't allow something else to convince you that it isn't true you have a body soul and a spirit don't allow the world to tell you you only have a body it's robbing you you're being deceived then it goes on and says god is not mocked for whatever man sows he will also reap that doesn't mean that god's angry that is a term that literally means Someone turns up their nose or they have a sneer. Turn up our nose at God and we say, no, I know better. Then he goes on and says this, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Where we sow, we reap. Let me ask you, are you sowing to the spirit or are you only sowing to the flesh? Are you saying, ah, the flesh controls me? Or you recognize, no, I can be beyond that and I can allow the spirit, I can get in line with the spirit so that my flesh is controlled by me, not controlling me. You have that ability. Walk in the spirit. Sow to the spirit. Foster an environment for the fruit of the spirit to grow. If you sow to the flesh, you are not fostering an environment for the fruit of the spirit to grow. It surprises me how many people can be Christians for 20, 30 years and never grow in the spirit because all they ever do is sow to the flesh and then they say how come I don't grow you're trying to raise pineapples in Antarctica how do you foster an environment for the spirit to grow I'm going to give you three things and we'll talk about them more later first is worship 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 is acknowledging. It's, it's putting our focus on Jesus. It's looking to Him. It's acknowledging Him. It's recognizing the realm of the Spirit. Let me ask you, if you're not a worshiper, then you need to change your actions. What do you listen to during the week? Do you just listen to the flesh? The things of the flesh? Or do you allow worship to become your lifestyle? It always shocks me every once in a while there is, in the midst of worship, there is such an incredible weightiness of the presence of God. And some people are overwhelmed. They're, They're in tears or they're laughing or there's something of the presence of God and some people are just kind of going, I don't feel anything. You want to know why you don't feel anything? Because you've sold to the flesh all week. Uh oh. Not really stepping on toes. There's something of a thief mentality that's crept into the church where there's people who say, I don't want to sow to the spirit, but I want someone else to. I want to live my whole week sowing to the flesh. I want to come on Sunday and I want there to be anointing of God. I want to see the miraculous. I want someone else to have sowed to the spirit so that I could come and steal the benefits well, that, well, ever having to to myself, so to the Spirit. God is not mocked. You can't turn your nose up at God and expect you're going to get a different result. Oh, I'm getting serious now. Sorry. Good Second way we foster an environment for the fruit of the Spirit to grow is obedience. That sounds simple, but it really is. When the Holy Spirit gives you a prompting, obey it. Simple. It's kind of like those of you who go to the gym. You go to the gym. My wife is is wonder at this, is that she doesn't go to the gym, but she she lifts soup cans. Well, I keep telling her if she doesn't enough. She's going to need to get weight. Since she did, she got a little weight. I, I'm not mocking her. I keep telling her that was better than popsicle sticks. <laughs> but if you go to the gym, you something initially is very, very difficult. But after a while, your muscles begin to build up some strength. And in order to continue to grow, you have to actually add a little bit of weight, right? Same thing with walking in the spirit. We obey the things he tells us, that as we obey, we grow strength and we're able to obey more he's able not that we're able to obey more he's able to ask us to do more and so maybe it's just a a scripture that you share with someone but you're obedient and then you do that and you develop strength and pretty soon the holy spirit says well will you pray for that person that's not so difficult because you've developed a um, fruit of obedience and so you say okay i can pray for them And so you pray for them and pretty soon God says, okay, now I want you to pray for healing for that person. How do you get there? You create an environment where the fruit of the Spirit can grow. Faith grows, which is what we're going to get to next week. And thirdly, fostering an environment for the fruit of the Spirit to grow is fellowship. Encouraging one another. You know, there's 41 others in the Bible. And there's something about us getting together, people who are focusing on the spirit, who are together creating an environment. There's something of an environment that I create in my own heart and life, but there's something as we together create an environment that has a synergism. I can worship alone, but there's something that happens when we worship together that releases something greater of the presence of God and the anointing of God. We're going to talk about this in the next weeks to come. Creating an environment of faith. How do we grow in that faith and create an environment where the supernatural can be manifest? So I can do that in my own life, but there's something when we commit together to grow in that, then we're going to see a greater releasing of the supernatural manifestations of God. But part of that is in fellowship. It's just getting with other people. Baba has a whole lot about who our comrades, who our partners, who we fellowship with. We fellowship with the world only, and we wonder why that becomes our focus. So let me encourage you, worship, Obedience, fellowship. Lastly, there been a number of words this morning about God drawing people. I'm gonna ask you, have you turned your nose up at God? Have you thought you could run your life better your own way? You don't need him. I want to tell you, he loves you. And only wants your highest. thing is, he created us so he knows what that actually is. He wants your highest. And it's pretty clear this morning that there's someone here that God's calling to himself. He's called us all. We've all responded at some point. But he's calling you to himself. Not to religion. Not to a church. But to Jesus. He is what changes us. He is what transformed Richard's life. Not not joining a church. He paid a great price to redeem us. If you're ready to meet him today, to surrender to him, to get your life back in alignment with him, we'd love to pray with you. I'm gonna ask all of you if you'd stand. I wanna do something a little bit different. In prayer before Mary was reminding us of something that was shared last week. Michelle shared something about the guys on the road to Emmaus. And didn't our hearts burn within us? I remember saying, you know, there's something, she saw something of God lighting fires. Fires burning within us, fires of the Spirit. That there's something of us getting our focus. I'm going to ask you if you take a moment, close your eyes. in a moment I'm going to ask you if you would just pray for the person on either side of you just this Lord would you light a fire if there isn't and would you cause it to burn brighter if there is Jesus you've been here our hearts burn within us would you light the fire kindle it so it's brighter. We want to create an environment that's conducive to the Spirit moving and growing within us. Would you do that right now? Just pray for the person on either side. You don't have to actually go lay hands on them, but you can. Uh, But if you would, just pray. Lord, thank you for for your fire that you're lighting. Jesus, You cause a fire to burn within us. Our hearts burn within us at your presence. So Lord, we just declare a releasing of that burning fire within each heart. Each heart. Lord, where it's already there, would you just cause it to grow and continue? We want more of you. We don't want less. We want more. And so we just speak a releasing of your fire and your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, you don't have to come to the front to respond and receive Jesus, but you can. You can do it right where you're seated. You can have someone else. You can tell someone else. But what you do need to do is when you make that decision and pray and submit yourself to Jesus, you need to tell someone. Because there's something about declaring with our mouth that settles things, not only in our heart, but in the realm of the spirit. Lord, I choose to follow you. I receive what you've done in your love and that you paid the the price for me, that my sin can be removed and I can be restored. I want to be aligned with you and no longer just live for myself. Those of you who are saved, you know that you've had to do that at some point and submit yourself to him. Some of you actually came to a, an altar, but some of you just did it right where you sat. It's not the place and it's not the prayer. It's the heart. Yes. It's not coming to the altar or praying a certain way. There is no sinner's prayer in the Bible. God responds to a heart so you can do that. Let's set our heart to create an environment for the Holy Spirit to grow his fruit within us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We're so excited and thrilled and blessed that as we've gathered, you've shown up. It's not surprising because you said you would but we recognize again that it's your presence that makes us different. Now would you continue to go with us and your presence be with us. In the marketplace, in our home, in our neighborhood, wherever we live, we have the best news the world has ever heard. And that is that they can be restored to you. Empower us, supernaturally for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's coffee and tea out here, but if you need someone to pray with you, there'll be some folks here who'd love to, or you can grab someone around you. If you just said in your heart, you wanted to follow Jesus, would you just share that with someone? If you want someone to pray with you, I I would love to have the privilege of doing that, but you don't need me. You can have anyone. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and let's uh, go in His presence.